Welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast with Michael Russo and Jackie Russo. To learn more about how to improve your brand, visit brandrusso.com. Welcome to He Said, She Said Razor Branding Podcast. Y'all are in for a treat today. We are talking to Steve Bug, and he's going to talk to you all about marketing, advertising, ascending to the highest ranks, because he is the chief enthusiasm officer. I like that little play on the title of CEO for a credit union. And you're thinking, that's got nothing to do with my business. But I challenge you to spend the next 40 minutes and not realize how everything he's done directly applies to what you're doing with your marketing. It's about identifying his audience. It's about diversifying his audience. It's about understanding the messaging. It's about getting away from a list of features and really providing the things that people care about. It's about providing service because that's how you build the brand from inside out. I think it's a fascinating chat and I think you're going to enjoy it. Michael, you participated a little bit because you're a banking expert. Uh, did you learn some stuff? I did. I learned that a bank, a credit union is not a bank, yet works just like a bank. Look at you, learning new yeah. things every day. I mean, I, you know, I always knew it. I mean, I always see credit unions, but I never belonged to one. And I always knew it was more community focused and centered. But I didn't want you to feel left out of that, that question. I know you wanted to ask right away, but um, I just I was kind of softening the blow for, for you. As as someone who has a few accounts at a credit union, um, I appreciate you sharing with me what it is I have. That was awesome. I still have my Seattle retirement fund waiting. I know you do. I know you do. True story. Uh, and if you've listened uh, before or you're a first timer, you'll appreciate this. And it'll sound like exactly what you expect from us. When Michael and I first met, he had just moved here back to Acadiana from Seattle and he still had his old account. He just never bothered to close it for years. I tell you, years, that poor bank would go through the process of printing out a statement, putting it in an envelope, putting a stamp on it, and mailing it to him in Louisiana. Probably cost them, what do you think, about a dollar, a dollar ten every single month. I think I had like two... $2 $2 in the account. I mean, I didn't yeah, $2 have $2 and eight cents, Michael, $2 yeah. and eight cents. Yeah. And they I just lost like $12 on you that just that first year. Yeah. I think they just stopped sending the statements, but I mean, I'm always curious if I went to that bank today, see first bank in Seattle and said, Hey, do you still have my account open? They would have it. You, you're going to uh, close it out now, 25 years later and get your money back. No, I'm sure with interest, it's grown. dramatically. You don't have an interest account, Michael. It was a checking account. It wasn't interest bearing. You don't know what I had. <laughs> and that's a perfect segue what to introduce Steve Bug and our conversation today. Thanks, y'all, for listening. And joining us today, Stephen Bug. Stephen, welcome to the show. Thanks to have me on. I really appreciate it. Well, we appreciate you making the time for us. Uh, we would love to talk to you about your history in marketing. And, you know, as we talked a little bit before the show, that doesn't usually translate into being CSO, CEO. They don't. They don't trust marketing people like us with the big job. So who did you fool to get your position? <laughs> so uh, great question, right? So if I go back uh, a few years in my professional career, I've always been that marketing sales individual. And I think that really served me well working through telecommunications. But coming back into the credit union industry or financial services, at that time, the credit union that was hiring me was looking for someone on the sales and marketing side, 
that had a little bit of an understanding of banking, which I did in college, but didn't want somebody that was in the industry. So I'm like, ah, that fits me perfectly. Uh, joined an organization, worked for a great CEO at that time, gave me the ability to maneuver around a lot of different departments that uh, were not sales and marketing related. But that served me well when I was looking at the opportunity to come to Great Lakes as their CEO. And so um, the branding, the marketing, the sales side, the strategy side really fit in. And I think at that time, five years ago, although it was newer then, you are seeing CEOs now coming from a variety of backgrounds, marketing one of them, human resources, technology, which all play a very important role along with the finance side. Right. Um, but yeah, we at that time, with, it was newer. We uh, we work with one bank whose president uh, was a lawyer and went from yeah. his legal practice straight to the presidency. And I said, you know, I, I appreciate that CEO is one thing and banking is another, but do you find sometimes the challenges with the language? And he laughed and he said, you know, you always talk about how important it is to have an outside perspective because our customers are outsiders and we shouldn't talk in a language they don't understand. I'm the ultimate outsider. And it sounds like you are too. Yeah. And that has served me well here at Great Lakes. And I enjoy getting out in the community talking to members in a branch. I sit in on calls at our call center quarterly on a Saturday. And just that interaction and then being out and being that chief enthusiasm officer, which really is the brand ambassador, right? And that's my role. It's going out, finding those opportunities for us at a strategic level, and then being that connector between that individual or that organization and our team where we have the experts. So I always say I know enough to be dangerous out there um, right. I surround myself with experts that can run the business, but certainly for us here at Great Lakes, building that identity and the brand and setting the value that we bring to the communities we serve really is my role. Right. And that's blessed by our board of directors. And that's what they were looking for when they were looking for a new leader five years ago. Oh, that's awesome. You know, I think that some of the hardest B2B work we do is in the financial sector because hmm. outsiders see it all kind of the same, y'all. Everybody has the same interest rate. Everybody has the same products. I think credit union gives you a little bit of an advantage because you're able to do some things that traditional banks aren't. But how do you approach the targeting of your audience and the messaging to connect with them? What's that process like for y'all? Yeah, so for us, it's exactly that, right? It's what's the value do we bring that's different from any other organization? Because you're right. When you look at financial services and products and pricing, all very similar, right? It's how do you message it and what's your difference? And so for us, we've really been working hard on empowering our communities because we know that if we're focused on making the community a better place, then our members will be better off, that community's better off. And we can not only say it, we can live up to that. So we're one of six credit unions nationally that has a HUD certified counseling program. And you don't have to be a member of the credit union to use those services. We provide that to the entire community. So when we're out in the community and we're talking about financial literacy and counseling services, again, it's a great connector for us to make that difference. And we help the state of Illinois, the city of Chicago on mortgage forbearance assistance, rental assistance, budgeting assistance, such a grant funded program. 
but it is very unique. And it is something that helps us separate GLCU from the competitors in our local market. And that's really opened up a lot of doors for us in the communities we serve. Uh, and that's fairly new for us over the last five years. We've really embraced that program. We have a foundation that we run grant monies through. So for us, it's taking that financial literacy, that next step further. And one of our strategies is financial empowerment for all, right? So it fits that strategy really, really well. And now as we began to really market and talk about that, folks in the communities are reaching out to us and saying, hey, I understand you have this program. Can I partner with you? I have clients that need this servicing. Um, maybe they need budget assistance. And through COVID, although as bad as it's been, the city of Chicago, state of Illinois had a lot of programs that were grant funded available. And we were chosen to help market the programs and also to provide that counseling service. Mm -hmm. And so those programs really helped us with our program take off. And we're able to now take that to scale in one of the programs we assisted the state with. We drove 44,000 people to our public website to find out how to apply for mortgage assistance and rental assistance. And now we're like on the fifth version of that where we're still helping those individuals out within the state. But then again, because people see that, it opens up other opportunities for us. We have, so 51% of our membership is low income. The other half, because of where we sit in the northern suburbs of Chicago, are mid-market and upscale. So they'll say, you know what, I don't need those services, but I want to bank with someone that is providing those services to folks in the community. And so that's starting to resonate. So part of our marketing messaging, we're pivoting more towards financial empowerment and what that needs. And it also involves the product and service portfolio to your earlier point, making sure that strategically it aligns. And then how do we target and segment that marketing, right? Because the market we sit in, very expensive media market, right? So we have to use our digital marketing and really focus in on that segmentation and that targeting. But we lead with that financial empowerment and how we're different and unique. And then that has opened up a lot of other doors where we've been able to help others in the communities that are unbanked and underbanked. Mm -hmm. uh, just announced recently, we're partnering with the Leaders Network in Austin, in Chicago, and bringing financial products and services and our counseling services to that community that's a financial desert. And that organization, along in partnership with the city of Chicago, wants to re-engage that community. We know it's a long journey, but we're going to be part of that. And that came because of our commitment to help the communities through financial literacy and counseling. Steven, awesome. It is awesome. I have a question, though, um, and I'm yeah. sure Jackie's afraid to ask it because I, I know, <laughs> but I think she doesn't know. What is the difference between a credit union and a bank? Great question, right? So, I'm sorry, Jack. I didn't want to call you out. I, I know you were wondering, <laughs> but I want to make sure that we, you know, address. Michael, that. should I point out that you have an account at both a credit union and a bank? Did you know that? <laughs> no, I did not. Okay, but he does now, right? So that's well, a good thing. He still right? doesn't know which one, Steve, because we're not giving him access to any accounts. All right, all right. I, I got you. I understand that. So for uh, a credit union, right? We're a cooperative. 
And the big difference is we don't have shareholders. Our members are the owners of our institutions. And credit unions can be chartered to serve different populations. We're a community-based organization. We're state chartered in the state of Illinois, federally insured by the NCUA. So our commitment is to the communities that we serve. Credit unions can have multiple charters, right? They can be geographically based. They can be employer based. But the principle is the same. It's the cooperative nature is how we're unique and different. And then we don't have shareholders. So we report to our members. And the majority of credit unions still have volunteer board of directors. So we have nine volunteers from our membership that work on our strategic plan with the leadership team, and they help guide the principles of Great Lakes. They meet monthly, they're actively engaged on community, and they're from our core membership, right? So they're voted upon by the members, uh, and they serve as a volunteer. So it's that volunteering opportunity, that cooperative nature, and the uniqueness of no shareholders, and then we're tax exempt on certain taxes. And that gives us that ability to apply those earnings back into our operating model that helps support those initiatives that I was talking about, like Fed counseling and financial literacy, and mm. also gives typically lower fees and better rates uh, to those members that we serve. So we call our customers members on the bank side, their customers or clients. Um, and also, I would say it, for us in the market we operate in, which we compete with a lot of the national players, it's that unique ability to really make that difference and connect in the community. So you won't find us writing huge checks to nonprofits. We don't have that type of budget, right? But when we talk to the nonprofits, they say certainly financial support is great. But we also need programming and we need volunteers. And that's where our employees step up. We call it the great wave. You can kind of see it in the background of my screenshot. So they volunteer evenings and weekends and give back their time. And a lot of the larger institutions are great at providing financial support, but really don't get on the ground and help those local community organizations like credit unions do like Great Lakes. Well, do you lean on that from a marketing and messaging standpoint <laughs> either way to say yeah. that, you know what, hey, because I mean, I know down here in the South, banks are being bought up left and right. The signs are coming down. They're going back up. I mean, we're, most of the local banks that I know in our hometown are now owned by Texas banks or um, really big national conglomerates. So that seems to be a, a really changing tide. You know, do you lean on that to say, you know what, we're local, this is what we do? And does it hurt you sometimes because they could say, yeah, but they're local and they can't help you as much as we can? Yeah, and that's a great point. And yes, so uh, answer to both of those questions is yes. So we do work that into our messaging and that really resonates. So where we have a branch, right? Because we're not going to have a branch on every corner. We're not big enough. But where we have a branch, that's the foundation for Great Lakes. And then we use that and do our outreach in that community around that branch. So if you kind of look at it, it's our billboard, but it's that community hub 
where people will drive by and say, all right, they're out in the community, they have a branch here, and they're local. And that's what our retail teams, our business development, our lending teams are doing. They're out in the communities, participating in events, they're seen, they're serving on nonprofit boards, just like I do, right? So I can't ask my employees to do something I'm not willing to do. And I do those things, my entire leadership team does, our board does as well. So we use that to our advantage in marketing. Um, but it is a challenge because, again, we don't have those marketing dollars to spend like larger institutions. But where we do make a difference, that word of mouth can really travel. And I think the credit union industry is really that best kept secret. And I know we at Great Lakes are as well. So if you look at our mobile app and online banking platform and compare it to some of the large players, you can do as much with GLCU on your mobile app that you can with others, and sometimes even more. But you're exactly right, Michael. That ability to market and message that is very tough when we're competing in a large metro market. If I was in a mid-sized market, a smaller market, maybe easier to do, right, based on marketing spend. So we really have to be targeted uh, on our marketing messaging and really use our existing membership right, to talk and refer us to their family and friends and their sphere of influence. And then in the communities where you're right on, right, we need to talk about our products and services because a lot of times individuals will think, yeah, maybe a credit union is not as sophisticated. Maybe they don't have those type of products and services or their digital platform is not that great, but they really are. And so that's a challenge for the industry and especially for us at Great Lakes is to fight that battle, right? And to me, that's more guerrilla marketing where you got to get on the street, you got to get in front of people, you got to talk about it, you got to showcase, right? Especially when you're at events and you have that opportunity uh, because it is tough. And, and that is certainly an ongoing challenge. When you were talking about how y'all approach the community effort, it, it reminds me of the early days of the PPP and all these community banks really had the edge on helping out small businesses as opposed to the big regional national banks who kind of took care of their big clients and their regional small clients who didn't have a personal relationship got sort of kicked to the curb. And so I love the way that y'all approach that and I wonder if the technology has actually given you an edge because now you don't have to have a branch on every corner that you might've had to a few decades ago. Now, because of the app, you have a branch in everyone's home. Does that message tend to resonate with people or are they still kind of reticent because like the financial savvy Mr. Russo, they're not quite sure what a credit union is? Great point. And I think you're right on, right? So yes, we can compete head on. Uh, with our digital footprint, and we're not going to have a branch everywhere. It doesn't make sense, right? So we do have to rely on digital to interact with members and to serve them. And quite honestly, in the future, that's who we're going to have to go after, right? So we do still believe in brick and mortar. It looks different than it did 5, 10, 15 years ago, much smaller, right? We believe high-tech, high-touch uh, at Great Lakes. But yes, you're right on. I think over time, the marketing, the messaging has got to evolve and change. 
And the big folks out there are very good about talking about the benefits of their mobile app. And that's what I challenge our marketing team with daily is we're just as good, but we don't do a good as job of talking about what we have. And we need to really sharpen that marketing message and go right out there and say, we do the same thing. And in fact, we can do things better than that. Mm -hmm. I think an example of that is on our mobile app, we launched Easy Vest. It's a way for folks maybe that can't get into mainstream investing to invest in a portfolio for as low as $200, wow. right? And then your investment portfolio pops up right with your GLCU accounts. It's done by a robo-advisor. And we're getting ready for the next launch is where you can do self-direction and buy your own stocks and bonds, right? Wow. So it's unique. It's great. How many people know about it? Right. So that's our challenge is to get that word out, not only to our existing membership, but in the communities as well. You know, the big players will say, we pay those paychecks a day early. Guess what? We do that at Great Lakes as well. How do you get that message out there? And I liked your comment about PPP and a comment on that. So we did SBA lending, but not, you know, at a level of a lot of the larger players. And so we had folks that were coming to us to say exactly what you said. I'm way down on the list at my bank. I'm not a credit union member, but will you help me? And can I become a credit union member? We're like, yes. So we onboarded them as members. We helped them get approved. We worked through that process. We also worked through the forgiveness, making sure they submitted their work. And so we had outreach from different entities that are nonprofit entities where folks were going to them saying, I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. I can't get my loan from my institution. They were funneling those loans to us and other credit unions in Northern Illinois, because we were able to step up and help them get that loan where at their bank, they were further down on the list and they weren't sure when they would get to them or if at all. And so that word of mouth really spreads in those communities, right? Where we have a branch, it's more of that main street philosophy, right? And that really resonate. And from that, we continue to get great referrals from those small business owners, they brought other relationships over to us, right? And yes, that's important, but more important to us, we were helping serve them during that time of need and it fit well into kind of that mission work. And we know if we do the right thing for our membership in the community, you know what? The numbers will be there in the end. And I'm a firm believer that if you're doing the right thing, you're doing the right strategy smartly, right? You'll hit those goals and objectives that you have set for yourself as an institution. No, I agree. I'm curious, um, Jackie, I'm going to have a question for both of you because um, I'm curious. Uh, Jackie's our strategist. So a lot of times we talk internally about services over benefits, you know, to, to talk about how your services um, affect people's lives and how we should really, from a messaging standpoint, when we talk to our clients, right? But in your situation, what you kind of explained is that to battle that, you have to talk about your services in a way to say, look, we match up with them. We do the same thing they do in a service basis. And I'm curious, what approach do you, how do you approach that challenge? Does that make sense, the question? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and I think that's an ongoing challenge. I know it is for us at Great Lake. So our marketing team is a small team. We do rely on some partnerships to help us on the agency side. 
but it's constantly, how can we get our message out there that's going to resonate and engage with the members that already bank with us? But then when we're targeting where we want to go in our community for marketing, how can we take what works well for our members, replicate that, and then message that out to prospective members that are lookalike targets so that we know if we're successful in one segment, we need to pick that up right? And market that to that next segment that's not a member yet. And we have the best luck if we look at our branch network and surround our branch network by five to seven miles and really target non-credit union members that are within that radius. And then we use a lot of digital marketing also to point people to the branch if they're living around a branch, but those that aren't then we lead with our digital mobile app, right? To say, here are all the great things you can do. And then we'll highlight features and then the benefits of those as well. Like I talked about EasyVest, our robo-advisor. Uh, we do card controls just like other institutions, right? And then just the uniqueness that we offer. And then we'll tie in that financial empowerment because that give back really seems to matter to a lot of folks in the communities we're in. And we're finding the younger demographics really are trying to bank with someone that supports causes. Mm -hmm. And we've heard from millennials um, that, look, you know, we can bank anywhere we want. It's easier for us now to switch accounts. It may be a pain, but it's easier. So if we can find an institution that can directly relate to a cause and they're supporting that cause, we want to get behind that institution and help support them. Easier to do in the communities where we have a branch, right? And then in the other areas where we don't have a branch, we really have to talk about our technology platform, um, and then weave in the products and services. And, and I think, you know, we have great products and services. I think, you know, for us, we hear a lot of times, well, gosh, at Great Lakes, you're not huge. So what about ATMs? What if I want to use an ATM, right? GLCU only has limited ATMs. We're like, aha, but you know what? We rebate back our members if they're charged at an ATM. So every month, if you go to that ATM and it's not in network, we'll rebate based on your relationship that amount that you paid, right? So you don't have to worry about using an ATM. That's not a Great Lakes ATM. We're yeah. also part of the shared branching, which is unique to credit unions nationally. This is a well-kept secret, uh, and it shouldn't be, right? So you can go to a shared branching credit union, in any other market or any other city that participates. It's not a Great Lakes branch, but it's a branch of another credit union, but you could bank there just like you bank at your GLCU location. We also offer that service for other credit unions where their members can come bank with us. And it is really popular uh, for us, especially for our members that move away, but still want to visit a branch now and then, or even in the Chicagoland area where we may not have a branch, but there may be a co-op branch that a member can go into. Also, we partner in wider networks of ATMs as well. So again, it's how do we tell those stories to get people to understand that unique difference and how we can compete directly with those larger players that are out there daily, right? With millions of dollars in marketing 
And that that's a constant, constant challenge. So our marketing team consistently, right, has to be out there with that message to say, here is how we compete and here's how we weave in products and services. So we don't normally lead with product and service marketing. We try to lead with our messaging on how easy it is or convenient it is to bank with us and then tie in how we are helping the communities we serve by the way, here's products and services that we offer, right, to help make your life easier. And so we'll show the ways how we can do that. Uh, one popular product for us, we have a payday lending alternative. It's a small loan that resonates with a lot of the diverse members that we serve in the communities we're in, where they have really had to rely on payday lenders. Well, no more. You can come to Great Lakes and get that short-term, low-dollar loan that other institutions, other than payday lenders, are saying, no, we're not going to mess with that, right? Or the member that just wants a free checking account and they don't want to be feed to death. Well, we offer that. Again, best kept secrets, right? We just need to talk about that. But that's a ongoing challenge. I do think if I look back, it was a real challenge when you only had traditional marketing mediums to use. Now that technology and the digital footprint has really made it easier for us to compete because we can do SEOs just like the big guys can right? To get that message out. So we resonate higher on searches. So it's utilizing the tools and resources that are out there uh, and trying to outmaneuver the larger players, right? On messaging and strategy. Uh, But I do strongly believe that digital has made it easier for us to get that message out, especially in a market like Chicago, where traditional media, you know, we just can't touch it. Well, I think the world's changed so much, but yet again, it hasn't in some ways. Like I remember back in college, it was, we would change bank accounts because they offered, you know, free toaster or free this or free that. And it was free checking. Don't you say know? we, like I did that with you. There's no we here, pal. <laughs> yes. I'm with the same I, bank I've been with since I was in high school. Well, that's there the thing. You so it, you move forward into today's market. And again, banks are changing all over the place. And for us, um, we've been in business over 20 years and we still have the same bank we started with, you know, and for a lot of reasons, we've probably outgrown that bank in some ways and, um, and done a lot of things, but we still have a relationship and relationships matter. I think they still yeah. matter in, in the world, you know, and, um, even though we, it seems like they don't, I, I think it's still relevant. It's very relevant. And I think that kind of goes back to the conversation we're having today about being, the chief brand ambassador and getting out in the community, right? The reason we do that and the reason I do that is you're exactly right. It makes a difference. I can, in the short five years I've been here, tell you how many conversations I've had because I've been out in the community, listening to the community, whether they're members or not. But we've made strategic changes based on what I've heard from our members, just like we listen to our employees, right? And then also those connections that we've made in the community, especially as we were talking about PPP. I had a gentleman that drives the economic engine for Lake County, Illinois, reach out and say, I know you can do these things. How can you help me spread the word that I can refer people to you to get a PPP because they can't get it at their institution, right? And then just, we were the only financial institution during COVID in Lake County, Illinois, that partnered with local nonprofit to do a small business incubator and help fund a coffee shop in a Gonzales market in Waukegan, Illinois, Drip and Culture. 
great coffee shop, right? They had this great concept launching during COVID. It wasn't about us getting the banking relationship. Our small business vice president went out and met with them and helped them build a better plan to expand their business during COVID. And then we worked with the Lake County Community Foundation on a grant to help them get there with a couple other nonprofits, right? And so it's that commitment to the community and showing how we're unique and different than others. Now that's kind of on the next round of getting involved. And because of that, it's interesting. A very large regional bank saw that we were doing that they came to the table now and said, you know what? We need to be part of that in the community as well. We didn't say, hey, no. We're like, yes, come to the table. It worked, right? Let's all get together and see how we can collaborate in the community, make the community a better place. Yeah. So I think you know the networking, the relationships has paid off. Uh, when I moved from Southern Indiana up to Chicago, I relied on those relationships and those connections to find out where do I want to volunteer? Who do I want to get involved with, right? And those connections are really, really important. And whether it's an individual member, right, or a small business owner, they tell us still exactly what you said, Michael. It's about developing that relationship, right, and keeping that relationship. So even on the digital side, I think what we're seeing now is that humanization of the digital channel as well and institutions overlaying that human element on digital. So you can look at a lot of the fintechs that were all only digital three, four, five years ago. What are they doing, right? Now they're overlaying that human factor and saying, if you want to talk to somebody, here's a way that you can do that. Same thing that we're doing. We offer 24-7 live chat, right? So for someone that still wants that human factor, we'll offer that if they can't get into a branch or call us during the hours that our call center is open. All right. You know, I think back to a campaign that we did, gosh, it's been 20, probably 25 years now for a regional bank and it was a switch kit. And yep. so, right. You remember when everybody was doing oh, switch yeah. kit? How hard is it now with online banking and bill paying and all the auto drafts and ACH setups it's got to be almost impossible to switch banks these days. What do y'all do to make it easy for people? So it's funny, right? You, you bring up the switch kit. Believe it or not, they're still around, but they're making a comeback. And so the conversations I had 15 years ago about switch kits right. have now come full circle again. But now it's about how can you use AI and machine learning mm -hmm. to make it easier to switch for a member, right? Yeah. Or a prospective member that's coming over from another institution. So there are programs now that will allow you to easily change your direct deposit over to your new institution. Equally, it'll scoop up your bill pay providers from your old provider, save that data, bring that over, whereas before it was a very manual process. So again, it's that evolution of technology and digital to make it more convenient and easy. One thing that is interesting that Europe is doing that hasn't really come here yet, but there is talk about it, is that open banking concept, mm -hmm. right? So your APIs that sit above like your core system would make it easier to maneuver those relationships from institution to institution, 
right? And for, we all operate on different cores, right? There's some key ones out there, but how could you make it easier for folks, right? To maneuver through that. Europe does that today. And that's just starting to come over across the pond to us. So we'll see how that evolves over time. But we still offer, believe it or not, that switch kit that we probably offered 15 years ago here. But we're also now automating elements of that to make it much easier for somebody to bring over that relationship. Uh, and what we're finding is uh, that folks, because of the use of apps of all different types, uh, for those that are on the digital side, it is a little bit easier than those that are maybe still using the traditional banking model to switch. So we'll offer both to them. But digital AI ML certainly is helping maneuver that a little bit better. But you still do here. Gosh, I don't really want to go through that. That takes time, which is true. So again, you have to have that compelling reason for somebody to raise their hand and say, hey, I want to switch to you because you're doing great things or you're really offering exceptional service and great products. Right. You know, I think it's probably a lot about that one-on-one -on -one connection um, and feeling like a VIP, feeling like, and I, and I go back to the PPP, feeling like I have my own private banker. Somebody I can pick up the phone and call or email or text and they've got my back. They're going to guide me and advise me. And so I think that as you look at your messaging and, you know, I went through um, some of your social media and I think y'all done a great job. Uh, I think that, you know, you put out a lot of information about products and I think it's there's been some great sharing of um, positive reviews from customers. But to take it that one step further and, and let people know the personal connection they're going to get. Then I think, yeah, okay, I want to switch, but it's too hard. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, no. We have this VIP concierge process. We'll pick you up and carry you across the doorstep into our new relationship, into your new home. Um, I, I think there's some messaging there that gets to that emotional heart of it and gets away from the, the list of features and benefits that one step further into some really engaging copy. I think there's some power there. Yeah, and I think that service by offering that exceptional member experience, right, ties nicely into mm -hmm. what credit unions are all about. And that, you know, for us, it's 85 years of providing member experiences, right, that are exceptional uh, back to our days on the Great Lakes Naval Base, right? And now we're out in the community. And so I think it's that evolution, right? And so Credit unions in the past had said, well, you know, we provide exceptional member service. We're going after our market based on that. And I think now that waned a bit, but now it's coming back, right? And it's coming back to say that's important today. It may look a bit different than it did before, right? And there's different ways now to be able to provide that exceptional member experience and what we have found, regardless of distribution channel that our members choose, whether it's digital, the call center, or the branch, we want to be able to provide that seamless member experience to them, right? So that we're not self-selecting out of a channel that our members want to utilize. So we don't want to drive our members just to one channel for one experience, and that's a challenge, but that is a strategy of ours, right, to make that experience seamless uh, and pretty much identical based on the channel. And what we're seeing now as we gauge member feedback, because we do that through all of our channels, is that that's starting to resonate with the member to say, well, you know what, if I really want that face-to-face -face experience, that's great. 
I'll go in a branch. But you know what? I also can get that through the mobile app if you make it convenient and easy for me. And when we launched 24-7 chat, members were like, you know what? This is great because now if I have a question, I don't have to stop right, right to call somebody. I can just chat and I can get an agent 24-7 to answer my question. And I don't have to wait till you open the branch tomorrow or the call center opens up in the morning. And so when we looked at that, we thought, you know what? There's something to that that we need to really focus in on and communicating out to the members. Here's how you can reach us when it's convenient for you, regardless of the channel you want to use. And it still amazes me when I go out to the branches and I see somebody younger standing in line and I'm like, do you have a mobile app? Yes. Well, it looks like you're working. Yes, I'm on break. Okay. Well, what are you doing? Well, I want to deposit a check. Don't you use that on your phone? Well, yeah, I can do that. But you know what? I love coming in to see Susie, right? She's my favorite credit union employee. And I just like interacting with her. And it goes back to that's coming from even younger members, right? And it's that personal connection. And then on the other side, we have baby boomers that love the digital app. And that's the way that they want to bank as well. So I think it is evolving and changing, right? But it does go back to that core. We all want to be treated, right, with that respect, that dignity. And so at GLCU, we look at being really that financial advocate and that trusted financial partner for those members we serve by offering that exceptional member experience, regardless of channel. That's awesome. I love yeah, that. I mean, nowadays, I mean, uh, kids are, I mean, I wish I was a little more savvy than I, than I am at times, but with the way the money is exchanged, I mean, you know, everybody's doing it via digital currency. I mean, they're passing it around and then, hey, Venmo me this and that. And I mean, that's how we communicate with our kids. They're all in college right now. And that's how we send them money. You know, it's, it's just a different world than, um, than we were not just five years ago, but a year ago. I mean, it's just continually changing. And so I'm sure as a um, person that deals with the public directly, like you do with a service type of line that, that, you know, what's next? You know, I mean, like you're right. constantly having to evolve or you get left behind. Exactly. And I think that you hit on a great topic, payments, right? Payment rails that you process instant payments off of is very important. That will be key to the future. The Fed, right, is going to be next year uh, launching FedNow, which is real-time payment processing. So think of the apps that you just mentioned, but think of traditional banking and processing in real time, right? Can be scary from a fraud perspective, but if there are the right controls in place, you know, no more is there that float, right, uh, that people used to rely on when you were writing checks. So I think that evolution. So if I look back to my banking days when I was in college many years ago and when I got into credit unions about 17 years ago, not one thing hardly had changed. Right. So 22 years in between, not much had changed. I went into a branch that almost operated the same way. But in the last decade, and especially the last three to five years, that evolution, you know, of technology and what digital has brought to our industry is just remarkable. And it has moved, right, our membership along as well because they've adopted. When we had to shut branches down during COVID, I'm like, oh my gosh, what's going to happen to those members? that always go into the branch. You know what? They're using it online. They were using mobile. They were calling us when we opened back up through the drive. They're coming through just to say, hey, you know what? I was using your mobile app and it was fine. Or I called in and got what I needed. And then when we open branches again, right, that traffic, 
has not come back to the level pre-COVID because they're doing exactly what you said, right? They're using different ways to interact and process money. Check presentment continues to go down. Won't say checks will ever go away, right? But they're coming down. Even the cash, right? Less cash that a lot of people are carrying because they're utilizing the rails now to move uh, payments, right? And money faster, quicker, and safer. Yeah. You know, it's amazing to me when I think about how much it's shifted, but yet how much still stays the same. And so the classes that y'all are offering, that education to the underbanked and unbanked is huge. If we're really going to change how people think about money, take care of their money and grow their money moving forward. And I mean, what a time to be alive. Because you can offer these classes remotely. You can do them in person. You can go on site to churches or community centers. It, the, the opportunities are endless. It reminds me a lot of a program we've been doing here locally with our university um, to help educate student athletes in the age of NIL. Because uh, they all want to make this extra money, but none of them appreciate what it means to pay taxes on the money that they're making. They don't want to be 1099s. Um, and so that education to me is it's invaluable. And so the way that you're offering the opportunity to invest and to learn how to invest and invest safely and somewhat inexpensively, that's a game changer for people in underserved communities. And I, I think, you know, a couple of things in there as well, during COVID, our HUD counseling team, they were worried because most of their counseling was done face-to-face, right. but pivoted, did it over the phone, did it virtually right? And it worked well. So now we're still offering those services in addition to going back to the more traditional model of sitting down and doing constant one-on-one. But through COVID, it really opened our eyes that, you know what, we can provide more literacy through seminars and workshops virtually, which were well-attended and still are well-attended, and then also doing videos. So we did video series Right. So taking our counseling programs, putting them in videos and then also taking those seminars, and workshops, recording them and then making them available. So that really has offered us that ability to reach a wider audience than we were able to reach previously. And now we're getting back to doing more of those in-person workshops as folks are comfortable with that. Um, but I think one of the things that, that you hit on even earlier is very important. It's that youth literacy right? And it's starting younger. So we do a great job of going out to schools in a reality fair. It's called Mad City Money. A lot of credit unions use that strategy. And we were worried during COVID because we couldn't get into the schools. And we find through this reality fair that typically these high school students, right, don't understand. And they don't have the concept of budgeting and spending and incidentals that come up or emergencies, so we help them kind of plan and work through this reality fair. And so we've rebranded and changed our youth literacy program over the last couple years. Um, and that has really helped to make savings for even the youth fun, but educational, where also parents can help them. And what we find a lot of times, we need to help the parents, right? Mm-hmm. Or the guardian, as much as we need to help the youth. And so to the point about having the same account you did, uh, or you do now as you did when you were younger, right? It does start at that young age. And we have employees that started with their Kirby Kangaroo account 
decades ago, and they still have their relationship with us, and now they're an employee. So you think about that, and it does start young, and it needs to start younger. And so we need to also evolve, right, those type of financial literacy programs to continue to support the youth, the adolescents, right? And then what's that next step up? How can we help someone save for their first major purchase, whether it be a car or save for a home? And so those are the things, right, that relationships with local colleges, local nonprofits, really from our HUD counseling and our own financial literacy programs that we develop are overlaid into their programming. And we've seen that that certainly makes a difference, but there's a lot of work to do. And so, again, having the right products and services to offer, right, but you have to have the programming to be able to support that as well. Right. I think back to when United Way changed their whole mindset to the three E's, education, essentials, and um, earnings, and how important that was. You know, it's, it's, it's Maslow's hierarchy. If you don't have a place to sleep, a place to eat, and a place to work, nothing else matters at that point. And so in looking at what you're doing to really provide financial literacy to people, once they have that education, everything else is possible. Uh, to me, that's a game changer. And so few banks, especially big banks, are thinking that way. And to have a community-based credit union like y'all that's doing it that way, I don't see how everybody's not a member. Thank you for that. And, you know, it is a lot of hard work, right? And it's never done. And so we do look at it as it's a strategy, right? And we know it's a life journey for our institution, we need to evolve and pivot and change the way we deliver the content, right, as the world around us changes. But that's core to our foundation, who we are. And our board is adamant on being that community partner, providing that financial literacy is very important. And so when we look at the relationships we want to make with other nonprofits and organizations, our board is committed to us really focusing on those where we can tie in some sort of financial literacy element, right? So that it fits within that strategy that we've outlined that helps the community, helps that individual, helps that small business, because we've done some small business literacy training as well. Um, and then developing that programming that's going to resonate over time. And now, how do you work in the digital element to that as well, right? still important. So when we talk to younger people about balancing a checkbook, they're like, you're crazy. What are you doing? Right. And we're like, all right, but you need to pivot and understand what's in your account. And let's show you how easy it is to find that out. Right. Find out those pending charges. What has cleared? What has come through? What money do you have? Right. So it's using the tools maybe that I grew up with many years ago, but reinventing them digitally to show that next generation right, how they can do those same things that we learned when we didn't have a uh, cell phone or technology. Right, right. I love that. Steve, I cannot thank you enough for spending time with us. I understand why your title of CEO, Chief Enthusiasm Officer, is so well earned. Um, you make all of us marketing people who ascend to higher ranks proud. So thank you for representing us so well. Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Enjoyed the conversation today. And thank you for participating in getting the word out about what credit unions are all about. Very important to us all in the industry, but especially us here at GLCU. Absolutely. Thanks so much. We appreciate you. Thanks. See you.